and gentlemen, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for health and athletics. Two Australian trail championships, a 24-hour track race, six-foot track marathon, and has represented Australia three times at the long-distance mountain running world championships. I mean, I guess you could say ain't no valley high or mountain low that she can't run, right? I mean, it's the other way around. Anyways, let's just say she knows a thing or two about running. Did I mention that Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons? So, yeah, she knows her stuff. You'll be sure to get all your questions answered and maybe even a runner's high just by listening to the advice and good vibes of the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Episode 149 is an interview with Chris from a company called Ultraworking. Ultraworking is a startup researching peak performance. They study biochemistry, operations and psychology to understand what makes people perform at their highest levels. Chris comes onto the pod to discuss these concepts as they apply to athletes and, more specifically, ultra runners. Don't forget to show your support for this show by rating, reviewing and subscribing. The link is in the show notes and I do so greatly appreciate your support and you taking the time to um, write a review. I just absolutely love reading them. Now, my coaching services are currently at full capacity. To get on the waiting list, go to my website, peakendurancecoaching.com.au and register your name or go to the show notes for the link to the specific page. Uh, Once again, I had an issue with the laptop. I don't know what it is about Zoom at the moment. It only seems to do this when I'm doing an interview. I think my laptop is trying to tell me something. Uh, Anyway, once again, we dealt with it. We moved on. That's what we do as ultra runners is we we deal with issues. And um, yeah, so I hope it's, I I don't think it disjoints the conversation too much. Um, So yeah, just bear with me while while I try and figure out why my laptop doesn't like me interviewing on Zoom. I'm sure I'll work it out eventually being the tech guru that I am. Not really at all, to be honest. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation. You can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au run, or you can find them on Instagram at Health High Performance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments, not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Hey, it's Tom Date here, back with some more thoughts. And today I want to talk a bit about mental recovery from big events and big ultras. Um, big endurance events where you've really exerted yourself mentally and really had to push through the pain cave for a long period of time 
and you're just drained mentally. You feel flat and down emotionally. And I want to talk about this because I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, I've recently just finished uh, Oscars 100, Hut to Hut 100k, the Archie 50k, and the Bella um, 10k. And you know these considered some of Australia's toughest um, mountain events. And to get them done back to back, it really took a part of my soul and I'm mentally drained and flat and the reason I wanted to kind of talk about this was I wanted to put it out there that it's normal maybe for some people well a lot of the time um, not to feel great after accomplishing these big things you know you build yourself up you think you got to finish these things and feel amazing and you know a lot of the time, at least for me, you don't. You're just too drained and too flat to actually feel that high of excitement and all those high emotions because you've just you've been living off high emotions for that whole ultra or how long you've been pushing and there's just nothing left. And I just wanted to kind of talk about that and put that out there and kind of create more awareness of um and also just to give it more of an expectation for some people that you might accomplish these huge things um, that you set out to achieve and you might not feel so good afterwards because you're just drained mentally but also just to realise that it is because you are just mentally drained just like you would be physically um, and I don't really think that's talked about enough um, anyway that's just my thoughts this week Hi Chris and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast Thank you for having me. No worries. Now, can you tell the listeners just a bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, my name is Chris. I'm an engineer, uh, trained as an engineer. I have uh, worked as a health coach for many years, working primarily with you know executive type uh, people. And uh, now I'm product leader at a company called Ultra Working. We spend a lot of our energy developing tools to help people uh, perform better work, have a better time doing better work planning um, and um, they're really helping them with systems to um, make that part of their life um, easier and, and more enjoyable. Now that's that's quite interesting um, because you know if we if we can do that in our work life then we can have uh, well obviously a more productive work life but better life all round. So how would how would that sort of what you're working on relate to to runners? So um, there are certain best principles that we find that apply to um, almost taking on any endeavor and that you're that you're trying to take on. This could be a project at work, or this could be um, you know your next running season or the next uh, the next race you're preparing to. Um, and um, these tools are not necessarily, or these 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 things are not necessarily. Um, used in a systematic way and we're, we're, we're bundling them together and trying to teach people almost like an operating system of, of how to approach a certain um, project. So for example, um, when it comes to um, when it comes to work, we will ask people before they sit down to, to start on a project, we'll ask them certain questions to really prime them or have them hone in on the target with a much more um, accuracy before engaging in the work. So for example, um, one of the, the key important things is that 
when you start something, you have a clear understanding or as, as clear of an understanding as you can of what the end result of that you know, work session is supposed to look like. What am I trying to accomplish in the next um, four hours, for example? And um, you know, this is something that um, is really important for work, but it's also a question that makes a lot of sense when we look at training and, and, and performance. Um, knowing why you are doing a certain type of exercise, knowing why you're doing a certain type of training protocol and how it fits into your, your bigger picture um, your goals. Um, and um, yeah, having a, clear, um, having a clear goal in mind before setting out to do a certain activity. So when you, you know, put on your running shoes and you're preparing for your next run, I'm really thinking about, okay, what am I trying to do what is this run going to accomplish or what am I trying to accomplish here? Is this, uh, you know, just getting some reps in? Am I working on my, on my mindset as I, as I push myself? Am I working on technique? Um, and, and this will, you know, this will have an influence over the outcome of your training and sort of how much uh, per unit of time you're getting out of the activity that you're doing. So um, how does, I mean, you say it, it, it is, it is helpful, but in what way, like, so if I think about that before I go for a run, um, does that keep me more focused on what I'm doing as opposed to then just being, um, going off, you know, right. um, sometimes like we do when we run and we, we don't, don't really think about what we're doing. What, what is the benefits of even while we're running, thinking about what we're doing? So it, I would say to summarize it is you make the activity much more deliberate. So, um, you know, with work it, I mean, I'm sure everybody has experienced the, this, this, when you sit down and you are kind of a little bit spinning your wheels, you're spending a lot of time working on something, but you're not necessarily making progress towards a finished state because you're not really even sure what the finished state is supposed to look like. And, uh, you know, when you don't know exactly where you're going, you end up going in, in circles or, or just taking a big detour to finally reach your destination and um, making like you know, priming yourself to really know before you set out what the what you're trying to do um, will avoid um, going in, you know, random directions in, in, in terms of a work session, this usually means getting a lot better results in in a lot of uh, a lot less time um, because you're avoiding you know going first in one direction realizing that this is actually not what you're you know what's going to get you the results you're looking for and then uh, reversing course and um, going in another direction so um, for example so one of our main tools is, is called work cycles and um, this is um, this is a great tool um, to get a really quick way to to get a lot of work done in in a four hour period, um, by by yeah systematically thinking about a few questions before engaging in the activity. So one of the um, the, the core principles is that before we start the work, we clearly define the scope. What am I trying to accomplish in the next, for example, four hours? Uh, what does this entail? Um, what are the different things I'm trying to uh, finish? Um, the next question to think about is why is this important and valuable? Um, and this is um, a, a lot of you can get a lot of mileage, <laughs> no pun intended, out of this um, this question by by 
um, thinking how this work that you're performing or the training that you're doing is important and valuable. Um, and you can look at it from different perspectives. For example, in, in, in the context of work, why is this important and valuable for the user or the, the person that's going to benefit from the work um, ultimately? Why is this important for the organization that, that I'm doing this for? And why is this important and valuable for myself? And the, the answer could be, you know, I'm, I'm learning. I have the ability to develop some, some skills here. I can um, improve um, some of my own thinking about, around something. For the user is, you know, it's going to help them with, um, you know, getting better results in training, getting better nutrition, whatever the work is mm. that, you're, that you're trying to perform. And then the next question, how will I know that this is complete? How will I, like, what does the end result look like? I mean, in the terms of a no, running context, it could be, I, I, you know, I've, I've completed 50 kilometers. Um, I've, uh, I've uh, improved my, my technique and in this detail, I've, I've paid more attention to that. I've maybe um, managed to find a way to deal with inner voices as they can come up during a race. Um, and that brings me to the next point, which is addressing failure cases proactively before they come up. So, um, you know, as you're going into an activity, you, you can sometimes think of certain things that could go wrong. For example, uh, you could run into technical difficulties, you could run into, um, yeah, into um, areas where you're, you're waiting on information which you don't have at the moment, and then how do you address those? Or in the context of, um, of athletic activities, maybe there is a nagging injury that you still have that might flare up, um, or um, yeah, that, that's a good example, I think. Um, what will you do when that, when that happens? Will you um, board the training and go back? Or will you maybe slow down to a walking pace and complete the distance? Like um, This is an example, but you're basically trying to come up with a strategy to handle the failure case when it arises before it actually arises. So you don't have to do any thinking when it comes up. You can just um, execute the plan that you have already set out to do. Um, and um, so that's that's the macro planning. And then we go into 30-minute work sessions that look very similar. We plan basically to that same level of detail, the 30-minute the block. And then this is, I think, another really important part that I didn't, I didn't uh, systematically do in the, in the past, which is um, closing the feedback loop. So after the work has been done or the training session has been completed, you really sit down and you take just a few minutes to go over what just happened and um, look at look at takeaways. What did I learn? Uh, what could I do better tomorrow? And this really over time has a huge difference because you're not getting you're not only having a better session, um, you're having a increasingly better session because you're learning something new every single time you do a training or a work session. And I'm guessing you can um, reflect also on on what went well, but also what could be improved, and that sort absolutely. of absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Both both things are important. Yeah, and um, what I'm getting from you also is it's almost um, increasing mindfulness, so that you're really more mindful of what you're doing. But as we both know, there's so many distractions in the modern world. How do we avoid the distractions from taking us away? Because right. I, I find that 
you know, you can have your goals at the start, but then you get distracted by this and that, and then you lose that focus. How, how do we avoid that? Um, so that's where... Sorry, we're back on, um, just an, a technical glitch there. So we were talking about um, how do we avoid distractions in this, in this modern world? Right. I mean, when it comes to, to work, they have a lot of, there's been a lot of focus in the last few years. A lot of books have been written about, um, you know, the concept of, for example, of deep work and, and distractionless work. And um, I mean, my, my, I, I feel like it's something that we have to really address. It's, um, there are a lot of things out there that are trying to uh, steal our attention or are, are, are really actively, you know, social media is designed to take our attention. And we have to treat it accordingly. We can't just, in my opinion, like really nilly, you know, let it let it uh, be there and do that. So um, um, I'm putting for myself a lot of defenses in place in terms of you know certain tools that will just block the distracting website for most of the time. Um, just uh, basically, I mean, that's that's typical um, uh, thing from be from building habits. You want to make the habits that you're that you wanna. Um, encourage you want to make them very very visible in your life um, and you want to basically push down all of the things that you don't want to do and make them sort of not present their triggers uh, everywhere you go and the same is true for you know nutrition for example um, you don't want to you know, I mean you don't want to go shopping when you're hungry you don't want to have you know I don't know uh, candy bars lying around your house because I am not necessarily, I mean, it's really good to, to, tr to, to train your willpower. Mm. So it's a mighty weapon, but you don't want to use it all the time, if possible. You want to use it for the, for the moments when you really have to. And aside from that, you want to structure your environment in a way where you, you're not re reliant on willpower all the time to you know, prevent you from doing something you don't want to do. Right, because willpower is a finite resource. And, uh, and yes, we want to make it we want to make the good habits easy to achieve as opposed to and the bad habits hard to achieve i guess <clears throat> exactly you want to put a barrier between your your yourself and the hard habits and yes and and make it super easy to jump right into the the things you want to do more of yeah so i'm guessing like with um with things like social media we can put on different kinds of focus on our phones and and try to avoid that sort of stuff and um yeah I feel like that's the yeah that's the only uh, way. It's I think over time, you know, it's, it's when something is introduced, when something is very new, we don't have um, defenses for it yet. Um, I think more more and more people realize that that it's something that we it's it's almost a necess necessary um, skill set in modern world to be able to selectively only selectively let in information and block out the rest or the information you don't want to have or the yeah because otherwise there is just um, too much going on at, at today to yes. be able to focus on everything and if you try if you try to focus on everything you'll end up making progress on um, on nothing unfortunately yes I, I totally agree I'm, I'm a big fan of um, unitasking just focusing on one task at a, at a time because um if you focus on more than one you just do two badly rather than one well right yeah i we you have the um so in you know in in, in in engineering like when toyota started doing their lean manufacturing they realized that it's not good to have a lot of unfinished cars sitting around 
and we're trying to like um, you know reduce the inventory and the same is true for work there's also the concept of you know of mental inventory cognitive inventory too many work in progress things that um, when you context switch between um, different contexts and there's a lot of science around this it takes you quite a while to load the new context into your working memory and um, you always have a switching cost attached so you're totally right like getting one task and and seeing that through all the way to completion and yeah. then taking the next one that is um that is uh, overall much more efficient yeah yeah I, I would um yeah agree with that so say for instance if if um someone is you know um working been working all day and then they come home to go for their run and they've got all their thoughts of work and everything in their mind how would they sort of like end cycle on that work stuff so that they can focus on their um on their training or their family life or whatever it is right um okay here is i think is an important uh, concept is um actually the last last question our in our planning is um to get to a good stopping point yeah to find a place where you can sort of unload all of the the, the mental stuff that you still have in your mind make a note for example of uh, or, or schedule in your calendar when you will continue work on the work that you just finished so if you didn't get it completely done actually schedule the next session already and um, you know try to unload as much of the information that you have in your mind i mean it's not always completely possible you know you know yeah. certain uh, it's a little bit certain um, people are really good at you know making that cut disconnecting and, and switching context and for some other people maybe you will you know think about that a little bit but i think you know that's kind of what i think running is extremely good at i mean i think one of the things that people really are drawn to running even when they're not you know, even close to an, to a professional or you know um, really athletic level even most amateur hobbyist runners say hey i that's one of the activities that really helps me to clear my mind and yeah. forget about all of the other things and just focus on the next step or the next mile ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Now, earlier you spoke about, you know, dealing with failures. Um, a, a lot of runners have, have trouble with dealing with what they perceive as failures. What are certain things that we can do to either help prepare us because eventually we all fail in, in some way even if it's not really failure we we don't necessarily achieve what we want and how do we prepare for that and how do we deal with it so i think um one important element is to when we set out when we you know when we define our goals against which we measure ourselves i think it's actually healthy to um, factor in or really aim for a certain level of of um, like under not underachievement but make it um, make your goals in a way where perfection is is not even necessarily the, the goal um, yeah so when we do we have one of one of our tools called lights which is you now and if you break it down it's a relatively uh, simple habit tracker but the simplicity is what really makes it um, such an effective tool that people really like a lot of you know about, about a lot about establishing habits has to do with the feedback we're getting and exactly how how certain tools are structured and a lot of thinking has to go into um, how you know certain 
certain things are named and and how you be, how we interact with them that will have a diff, have a an impact on how uh, how consistently we do something and and in that tool um now we're, we're we're telling people that they should be aiming roughly for a 70 percent goal achievement rate okay so set you set your goals in a way where you know you can you can get about 70 percent done if you achieve a hundred percent that means you have probably not set your goals high enough yeah and if you're and if you're achieving too little and you know then now that there's a reason to analyze is this because we just set unrealistic goals which is totally possible or you know was there an, an a bit of a of a lapse in our execution um but uh, once you do that and you set um you know you set uh, realistic but but um you know still uh, pushing yourself like expanding your boundaries on your goals then you will usually get pretty good results in terms of your actual outcomes but you're also not um you know no, you're not going to overthink if you're if you're missing a few targets because missing a few targets is actually part of the part of the plan um, you set yeah. your goals in a way where that is just naturally going to happen and i personally i don't know about you but i personally feel that the failures um for want of a better word are the, are the times when i have learned the most and and i can almost look back on them like i, re I remember them more and feel more for them than even the wins right yeah, I mean, uh, the I, I think that's how we're, how our minds are wired. You know, we're yeah. we're, we're very um, uh, averse to to losing something. And um, yeah. uh, for example, I mean, nothing gets someone more focused on, for example, uh, improving their training and, and th seeing what they missed than maybe an injury. Yes. After an injury, you're like your 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 mind is laser focused on yes. how can I prevent this from ever happening again. <laughs> and a lot of my personal um, improvements to my my own exercise regimen and like really incorporating stuff that or yeah new novel stuff almost always came after an injury yeah. and uh, there is a lot of um, so there's like a lot of learning actually to be done on both sides of the of the of the scale so on one end you want to you know um, failures or things problems are really good a motivator and really good case to to analyze and study at the same time um it can also be very useful to um just ask the question what of what of the things that i'm um that i know are working could i be doing more of and, yeah. and one question that i also find personally for me really interesting um what are the things that you already know are working that you currently are not doing? And this yeah. will almost always come up with something that you already know is it's going to work because you've done it in the past and it worked in the past, but you just, for whatever reason, currently are not doing it. Yeah, and, and that's a good one. And I think very relevant for runners, probably when it comes to like stretch, stretching and strength work and all, all that sort of stuff. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And especially, I mean, with the, if you look at the ultra endurance and and how much uh yeah your body has to take there it yeah. requires a lot of sort of the the maintenance of the system that's to, right to take that yeah yeah and and yeah i think it's um important to look at uh failures as as not necessarily a negative thing but uh 
you know, although we do have the negative bias, like, like you said, but um, right. to see it, to try to reframe it so there's some positives coming from it. I mean, it's such, yeah, failure is such a, it's so interesting to define even, sure. and, and especially in the context of sports. I mean, you know, the, the, the best, I think I would say, you know, the best people in a sport have usually quote unquote failed the most yes, because they've done it the most, exactly. like they've put in the most reps, they missed yeah. like the, the best basketball shot has probably missed the most shots because it's practiced the most. So yeah. is this, is, is a missed shot a, a, a failure um it's it's really about the the end result so um and and it's a necessary it's a necessary part if you don't fail you it's very hard to achieve anything if you're not willing to fail yeah. at some point and and if you don't ever fail then yeah like you said earlier you aren't probably not really trying hard enough or pushing yourself high enough right. yeah like if you to always succeed means maybe you aren't challenging yourself enough yeah, or just, I mean, or just a, a, a freak of nature. Yeah, <laughs> the there's end. always that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get jealous of those people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, so as a, a health coach to, you know, um, over the years, uh, what role does, say, even nutrition play in, in helping us focus? I think, I mean, from nutrition in, in my world plays a huge role and is sort of the the foundation for everything it's it's um it's a multiplier of whatever you're doing if you're you know have a really really good um training protocol um and you combine that with really good nutrition um you're going to get better results um if you and it's one of those things where you can avoid it or you can you can neglect it for sometime but you can't really neglect it forever it will catch up with you um and in terms of no in terms for example of i mean with ultra endurance maybe that's maybe that's a that's the exception where you can actually manage to outrun a bad diet oh no, i don't even think with ultras you can <laughs> generally i mean when i you know when it, when, it, when it comes to for example working with someone for body composition maybe as a, as a primary goal um you know i i I would say that the majority of the gains in that front come from from nutrition, yeah. and then also um, when we look at work, um, there are some. Let's say we take work as the you know the thing that we're trying to become better at. There are all of the auxiliary activities that will that will sort of that will help to make this better, and that and that also will will lead to uh, problems if we neglect them. So, for example. Um, you know, things like proper nutrition, proper sleep um, for work, you know, proper fitness. I mean, for fitness, maybe proper work is more important, like so as an auxiliary um, a help. But um, we have um, we run one event that has been really popular and people seem to really enjoy it um, called the pentathlon, where we basically try to focus people on getting um, the fundamentals right in the other areas of their life so they can um, get really dialed in on um, performing in their work so for for a period of two weeks people are grouped into um, teams yep. this creates a little bit of a you know of a competitive environment but also helps people with accountability within their their teams um, and then um, people are rated on uh, five across five different domains, which are fitness, 
nutrition, planning, sleep, and then ultimately the work they're doing. And what we're trying to encourage people here is not to you know, set the, the most outlandish goals and, and, and go on the craziest diet uh, regimen yeah. that they've ever been on, but just pick something that is slightly pushing their boundaries, but that they can be consistent um, in for, for two weeks. So for two weeks, you're hitting a consistent fitness goal, and this could be, this could be a you know, one-mile run if, if, it, if you've never run before. This could be uh, you know, 20 push-ups if, if this is yeah. something you've not done. And for some people, it's a, you know, it's a really intense workout um, every single day because that's where they are already at. Then for nutrition, same thing. I know, pick something. Maybe you just cut out one thing from your diet for those two weeks, or you, um, you pay a little more attention. And some people are on like a you know, super um, strict ketogenic diet for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and then sleep. Um, consistency, once again, here is key. It's not necessarily about um, when you go to bed or when you wake up, um, but having a consistent uh, schedule and then doing daily planning. This is something that we found that even really um, accomplished or like organized people do not necessarily do every single day, but it's something that once you do it, you, you realize how much value you can get out of it from daily um, planning and review. And um, so then you mean like the, planning what you're going to do for the entire day. Is that, and, and would you yeah, do that so, in the morning of or the night before? I, uh, I do. I think the best way is to do a little bit of both. So I, I plan my day in the evening. I, I look at the next day. I take some learnings from the last day. I, I come up with some improvements, um, what went well, what did actually mm -hmm. happen. Um, and then the next morning I review my, my plan and adjust it to, you know, maybe things that will have come up. And then, um, and this is, this I think really translates to exercise as well. Um, we rate work in two different ways. Number one, for consistency. So you get half of the points that you can get in this area for just, for just working on your project, on your most important work for 10 minutes. Yeah. Because um, um, goals or like projects don't, die because they didn't get you know four hours of attention every single day they die because they didn't get any attention for two weeks and then they just sort of fizzle out and i think uh, you know when we look at um, exercise and, and becoming good at any any endeavor it's not necessarily that you push yourself a hundred percent every single workout but it's that you show up to every single workout or that you're not you know completely um, resisting your body yeah, I mean, when we look at getting stronger or faster or, or getting more endurance, it's a lot about um, response recovery. So you're, 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 you're getting, you're sending the signal to your body that it should adapt by doing a run. And it just has to be, it just has to be above your uh, standard level of exhaustion, really. If it's a little bit more exhausting than what your body's currently used to, that it will and then it will adapt to that stimulus yeah. over time, and it's the this combination of giving the stimulus, giving your body time to recover, another stimulus, another recovery period that will really uh, give you the results over time. Um, and then coming back to the to the work, um, then we also um, give you points for for quantity. So basically, if you do a hundred uh, minutes of your most important work every single day. Um, you get um, the total number of points. And 
it's uh, it's interesting how how this you know how this environment of accountability and, and a bit of competition friendly competition with your other uh, with the other teams and and this scoring nature um yes. encourages people like to you know really stick to their diet um, put in their their 30 minutes of of exercise every day and you know put in the 100 minutes on their most important work yeah, I think um, adding the competitive element really helps with that sort of thing, I'm, I can imagine. Right. Yeah. Um, there is uh, the competitive element and, and also yeah, the, the, the team element of not wanting yes. to let your team down yes. is, is, yeah. is huge. Uh, for whatever reason, humans are, you know, we're pretty, like most people are actually very uncomfortable letting other people down, yeah. but a little bit more comfortable letting themselves down. Yeah, that's and, interesting, uh, you, isn't it? Yeah. Right. And you can, you can, you can, uh, if you know that you can systematically use it, you can use, make use of that either a feature or a bug the way, <laughs> the way we want to look at it. Um, but therefore for exercise, for example, if you're someone who, you know, um, knows that about himself, that he's really good at not letting other people down, you get a training partner and you're basically yeah. good to go. You will never miss a workout. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, there's a, these are, I mean, these are some knowing, I think that's, it's a healthy thing to know that about yourself and not, not, um, you know, you could, you could view it as a negative, but uh, if you just take it as the way things are and the way your know, minds are wired, and then you can really make use of it for your, for your own, uh, for your own life. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. It's not necessarily a negative. I mean, it's just a reflection on who you are. Like, um, and and in saying that, <clears throat> how important is it to kind of know ourselves to be able to then find ways of, of workarounds like that? I think it's um, very uh, important. We, in in our company, um, you know, use uh, use certain tools. You know, certain. Um, personality tests to yeah. to get a little bit deeper knowledge of of how we are and how um also other people are um how you know to see differences if you only yeah. see yourself then you, you you wouldn't even catch something as being extraordinary maybe or being exceptional um because you don't necessarily see what the, what how other people operate and work um and also it makes it easier for you to collaborate um, with other people if you know how they function how they tick and how you tick and where that could lead to friction or where that could lead to really great collaboration um, yeah. so i think it's always it's always good to have um, a better understanding of your own mind the way you like things uh, to be done um, you might be uh, you know and i mean this is kind of true for uh, for sports you know um in in the sense that know where your strengths lie and mm -hmm. uh and focus on that and not don't try to be something um that you know maybe you're not in the, in a sense of uh, that area yeah well and especially for something like ultra running where you um spend a lot of time in your own head many many hours um you don't want to have any you know you it's good to know who you are as a person um, so that you can deal with it. Like, like you said earlier, the voices in your head, because really it's just your, your creation, those yeah. voices. So, 
I, I mean, uh, for me, and, and I've never run uh, an ultra marathon, but I think the from everything that I've seen, and I, I've actually spent quite a bit of time uh, looking at that that scene. Um, yeah, it's uh, one of the most mental sports yes. that I think I, are out there. It's uh, it's just hours and hours of 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 of, of dealing with that mental in, inner with the inner game of of that sport. Um, and I think it seems to me that the best people in the sport are the best people at that particular mm, part of yes. the. But I think also then what you're talking about with all the systems that you put in place, it's a way of disciplining um, the mind to stay focused on one thought at a time and, you know, one goal at a time, which therefore would be um, really beneficial in, in sport, in, for instance, something like ultra running. Um, yeah, having a having a systematic uh, way to um, approach certain things. I mean, um, so you know, the people that are drawn to the the work that we do are mostly analytical people um, that are systematic already, but also um, someone who you know might uh, might is looking for a bit of an external structure, a bit of a game plan to follow that is that is proven to work and has a track record to work. And um, it's sort of a, it's a bit of an operating system for doing work uh, successfully and repeatedly successfully. Once you're good at this skill of um, being able to lay out the work that you're trying to do and then stay on task um, and, and not you know go in any other directions, it becomes really powerful because now you can you can really um, just put it as a block in your calendar and you, you can guarantee that work gets done. Yeah, which is uh, not necessarily something that I think um, you know we everybody naturally has access to. No, I mean I've I've seen many people's working styles over the years, and a lot of people work long hours but don't necessarily achieve a lot. Right. So, um, right. you know, if we want to try to, you know. Um, really be productive at work, but efficiently productive, then it's good to have systems in place. And then we will have more time for running. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, you wanna, I think whatever you do, you wanna do it. The, the worst part of the, in terms of, um, the worst thing for me is if you're not fully engaged with the activity that you're doing. So if yeah. you're at work thinking about, you know, wanting to do something else, running, and then maybe mm -hmm. if you're running, because you didn't get part of the work done, you're still thinking mm. about your work. So you're between both things. If you're really good at you know setting a target and just ruthlessly executing on it and just getting mm. it off your plate, uh, that that frees up. That's very powerful. And um, yeah, we are um, with uh, <clears throat> two elements. It's the right project selection. What are we going to work on? What are we going to focus on? And then the execution. How are we going to attack yeah. it and and get it get it done um and uh, if you're if you're good at those two things um the first part the selection is is is, is arguably more important um if you're um if you're choosing wisely what you're spending your time on and and um what gets you the biggest return on investment of the time that you're spending yeah. and then you have a you've made a big step towards the goal um and then if you're also really good at eff efficiently um, finishing the work, then, then you really have a great combination of of strength that 
that will help you in whatever whatever you do basically yeah yeah no that sounds perfect now where can people find out more about all of this this that you're doing now um yeah you can go to um ultraworking.com and yeah. if you go to ultraworking.com slash endurance then we'll have actually um a page with all of the tools that i just mentioned um if you want to try them and we have uh, basically all of the tools that i mentioned have a free version that is fully functional that you can use awesome. uh, and see if you can get a lot of get benefits from it the way i and i think this is a funny anecdote i was a i now work at ultra working but i have been a user of their tools for yeah. for several years and i was already someone that considered himself pretty on top of his uh on top of his game when it came to yeah. being organized and being structured and the way I approached things. But even I got a ton of um, of improvements for my own um, uh, my own thinking out of those. And that's how I ended up um, eventually wanting to work here. Oh, that's awesome. That's and so did just out of interest, did you approach them or did they end up approaching you? Um, we it's, um, I they they ran an event where we um, you know this these these uh, these work cycles are done online. Um, yeah. One of the the main products is called uh, the work gym, where you basically yes. in a Zoom call as you do these um, these work sessions, and this creates the um, this this um, you know accountability. You know, not working by yourselves, but you actually feel like you're working with someone. Extremely valuable especially today where everybody's doing um you know work from home where you're not feeling like you're by yourself but you have this 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 group of really good and accomplished people around you working on their projects and and yeah. and um and uh they did some of these events in in person so this was you can know that this was not in the last uh yeah. two years <laughs> um and um over that we got connected uh me and the and, and the founder got along really well um you know kind of like-minded people and um yeah that's how I, I eventually ended up here well that's awesome that's brilliant all righty well I'll put those links in the show notes so people can um have a look and, and access those free resources so thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having me again it was a was a great conversation all righty thanks for that bye I personally love talking high performance and how we can optimise everything we do in work, in running, just in life. I hope you got some great ideas from this one. I've put the links to the resources in the show notes, so don't forget to check those out. Now, next week's pod is Ron and I talking about my Barclay preparation. And by the time I publish it, I will already be in the States at Frozen Head State Park getting ready. Exciting and scary times ahead. Now, if you want to get more awesome running info, make sure you join the Peak Endurance Running Group on Facebook. It's a great place for all things endurance running. Or alternatively, you can go to my website, peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get on my email list for my newsletter that comes out regularly. Let's just put it that way because it's, you know, regularly, that'll do. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this uh, interview with Chris. And as I said last podcast, I am going to be changing the format and just going a bit more um, with me, giving uh, info for, for ultra runners that will help them with their training and, and those sorts of things. So if you have any 
specific topics in mind that you would like me to cover, please do either DM me or um, comment on this uh, podcast itself as that would be great. I've written a big list of all the things I want to talk about and there's a heap, but you know, if you've got anything to add, let me know. Anyway, thanks for joining me today and uh, I hope you have a great run if that's what you're doing or drive, commute, whatever it is. And till next time, bye.